creating content that shows who you are and attracts the people you want to work with. My name is Trey McLeady and I'm building my company, McLeady Media, into the best real estate content marketing company in the world. Welcome to my podcast where I'll be teaching you everything I learned on how to build a better business and market yourself to get the right customers. I wanted to be in the beauty industry. I wanted to do hair. I wanted to go to cosmetology school. I, I looked and did research and saw how much money that there was in that. And I also knew from a very young age that I was not cut out to work corporate America and sit in an office all day and be on my computer. <laughs> On today's episode, I have a conversation with Amanda L. Hassan about the importance of chasing after your passions when it comes to your career, rather than sacrificing your dreams for the traditional nine to five approach. If you're someone who likes to chase after their dreams, today's episode is for you. Enjoy the show. You have an interesting backstory. Um, you were 18, you turned 18 years old, mm -hmm. you moved out. Mm -hmm completely on your own and you didn't take the conventional route of going to college that a lot of these other 18 year olds are doing. So can you talk to me about some of the adversities that you faced, your decision of not going to college and forging your own path? Yes. Well, one thing I'm going to preface it this whole conversation with is that I always learn things the hard way. <laughs> I have to get my feet wet to, to understand it. I don't listen to what so-and-so say. So despite all my parents' efforts to guide me to go to a traditional four-year college, I was convinced that I wanted to be in the beauty industry. I wanted to do hair. I wanted to go to cosmetology school. I, I looked and did research and saw how much money that there was in that. And I also knew from a very young age that I was not cut out to work corporate America and sit in an office all day and be on my computer. <laughs> um, and so, in fact, the days I have to do computer work are my least favorite days. Um, and so I moved out when I was 18 years old because I didn't want to follow my parents' rules <laughs> and um, went to cosmetology school and um, started working at a very young age. I worked 40 hours a week while being in school full-time, um, got my cosmetology license, went back to school because at that point I did realize that education is important. Um, but even with that, I've never done anything or had a career that a traditional degree is needed. Um, and so I gosh, where do I even start? I, while I was in cosmetology school, I started working retail, quickly moved up in retail. You know, I had high sales. I moved up, got into management, was store manager of a retail store, got store manager of a huge flagship retail store in San Francisco, became a district manager, eventually became a regional manager, and then eventually was, went back to doing behind the chair, as they call it, hair behind the chair, and did hair, um, doing hair behind the chair was not enough for me because I missed that leadership and entrepreneurship. So I ended up opening up a hair salon at 26 years old um, and then got into real estate on the side along the way because that also wasn't enough for me and just kept going. Um, and so, yeah, I definitely did not take the traditional role. 
Yeah, that's that's really cool. And, you know, I, I think we see more and more, and this seems to be a recurring theme as I do these episodes, where the traditional route isn't needed among some of the people that are doing some of the greatest things. And I don't think that it's meant for everybody because in high school, we're so ingrained almost to be these worker bees. Here's the assignment. Got to get it done. Here's your grade based on how well you did on the assignment. And when it comes down to it, you're a unique individual because not does that, I don't think everybody has that confidence to be able to go out and not have the safety net of college. So what do you think allowed you to almost have this confidence to not have that safety net of college so you are guaranteed a job that pays a relatively high wage um, and to go out on your own? Well, it's interesting that you say that because I think that was my parents' biggest fear um, because I come from a family where everybody did go to college. I'm not one of those people where I'm like, I was the first to go to college. I'm the opposite. I was the first not to. (laughs) And so um, where my safety net is, my safety net lies in the confidence and love I have from my family and friends. I've never been scared because I have so many people who support me and my happiness. And I always say now as a, as a mom and I have two young girls and I wonder about what example I'm being for them. I always say that at the end of the day, a happy mom is a good mom. And I'm one of those people that I knew I wouldn't be happy if I went down that path. My happiness is off of being around people, helping other people, serving other people. You know, in hair, I was making women feel their their best selves and turning them around in that chair and making them feel beautiful and confident. And in real estate, I'm handing people over keys to the biggest asset they're ever going to, likely ever going to purchase. And so for me, that's where my happiness lies is being able to be around people and serve people. So I knew that that traditional role and sitting at a desk behind a computer all day would just suck the life out of me. When so, you when you were doing hair and you were behind the chair, were you making were you making good money or was it still a struggle at that point? I was making I was it takes a while to build up your clientele, but I was making very good money. In fact, okay. I have to sell quite a few homes a month to make the money that I was making doing hair. Wow. Um, I found my my niche, as they call it. I started doing, I specialized in blondes, hair extensions, which you can charge more for, um, built my clientele, ended up being so booked, you know, you can't get people in. So then you can start raising your prices. Once you start raising your prices, naturally people don't follow, you lose about 5% of your clientele because they'll just go to someone that has your previous prices, then you can get more people in and so and so. I raise my prices once a year. A lot of hairstylists don't do that. They're afraid to. I raise my prices every year in January and around the holidays I had signs up that said, you know, within January 1st, your prices are going to go up X, Y, Z. And so I made great money. I also then got to the point where I was owning a salon. And so I had people who worked for me, whether they were renting a station or commission based. Um, but there's a lot of money in the beauty industry. Don't underestimate it. Women will pay men. Anyone will pay a lot of money to look a certain way. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm actually surprised because I have a friend that started doing, um, that started doing nails as a, as a kind of at home nail tech. Mm -hmm. I'm always surprised by some, some of the amounts that people pay for 
nails. Oh man, I mean, I got my hair done yesterday. Now I'm not. I've been out of the salon world since the pandemic, and so I, I go to someone now. And I mean, it would shock you at what I I paid yesterday to get my hair done. But to me, it's worth it. I mean, I'm in front of people every day. The way you look, my face. So yeah, people pay a lot of money in the beauty industry. So don't don't knock it. There's a lot of money there to be made. And I knew yeah. that from a very young age. And I think that back to the whole college thing. I think that my parents didn't know that. So they really encouraged my siblings and I to go to college because, you know, you have that salary, you have that, you know, 401k, you have all those, you know, there's more safety, but now you just, as, as a self-employed or entrepreneur or whatever, I don't even know what I would call myself. You just have to make those investments yourself. Hey guys, so just a quick break. I do this podcast to bring as much value as possible to as many people as possible. So if you're getting value from this, I'd love it if you would leave a review. I'm growing this completely organically, aka no ad spend, so it would be a huge help. Appreciate you and enjoy the rest of the show. I'm not going the traditional route either. I'm not doing college. I'm running my business because that's my passion. And it's not about the money for me. It's more about the fulfillment. And when I go to school, I tried to go to college and I never felt like I belonged there. I didn't feel like it had a purpose for my future because I look at my future in five and 10 year spans and going the college route, it didn't seem like that would provide any more safety than me going and building a business that's worth a hundred thousand, 200,000, a million bucks. That to me is so much more worth it and builds my credibility so much more as well. Uh, But when we come to the safety portion of it, People have different de- definitions of safety. And what I really liked that you talked about was your family support, your family and friends supported your happiness. And when we think of safety, I don't think it's this degree that you're given to guarantee, guarantee you're going to make income, even though now we're looking back on it and we're seeing that the ROI on school isn't very high. If anything, it could be negative. And safety <laughs> for me... I looked at those studies, so maybe it's, i got to check that out to validate my decision. <laughs> it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty nuts. School's getting increasingly more expensive. Then... To me, my, my definition of safety is very similar to yours, where it's not about the degree that I have that's going to guarantee income. It's about the support group that I have that's always going to push me to be better, that's always going to be there for me if I fall. Yeah. Because you can fall if you have a college degree. You can get fired from a job that you've been working at for a few years and then, have, and then not be able to find another job. But the safety comes in the support net of driving you forward and the skills that you build, and that doesn't need to be done through college. Yeah. When you think about when when you think back to your decision to go into beauty, do you feel like it was influenced by how much money that you could make, or was it purely based on this would make me happy and I have the right support group to help me get there? A hundred percent. And full disclosure, I firmly believe that you can never be overeducated or overdressed. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and honestly, some of my best friends, lifetime friendships, my kids call them my my their aunt. I've met through being in school through college. And I really think that whether learning, you know, a degree or not, you learn something, whether you learn how to get, be disciplined and get up every day and be somewhere on time or manage your time or manage your social life and your schoolwork. So I am not knocking college by any means, but I do think that especially my parents' generation, it was like, you got to go to college. You got to get your degree. You got to go work, you know, climb the corporate ladder. And I feel like, You don't have to, you can do that, but you don't have to do that. But for people like me or you, 
I feel like we have a different level of having to be disciplined because I don't have a nine to five that I have to be at or clock in. I have to get up and motivate myself every day. Um, but for me, what drove me not to go that path back to like the happiness is truly, it wasn't about the money when I re I knew I could make good money in real in hair and what I made surprised me even more than I thought. Um, but for me, what it was is that I could not wrap my head around what my idea was of the corporate world, like sitting in a desk all day. Now, whether that's what people who work in corporate do all day, of course not, but that was like my image in my head. So was it more was your decision to go into hair, obviously talking to people more driven by the fear of doing something that you hated or doing or the passion of doing something that you love? Honestly, 50, 50, truly 50, 50, because I realized in high school, I started doing like every dance, every prom, every, I, all my girlfriends come over to my parents' house and I do all their hair and makeup. And I was like, wow, this is really fun. I really enjoy this. But for me, it was like, okay, at a very young age, I was fearful of going down that route. So I was like, how do I make something I love into a career? Gotcha. So it was really that for me. So there, I mean, there's so many layers to it, but I was very, the main thing is I was solid in my conviction that this is what I needed to do with my life. Yeah. And when you say very young age, are you talking about 14, 15, 16, yeah. 17? Yeah. That's about when I would say that I really realized probably about like freshman year of high school. I didn't wow. want to like go that That's route. pretty early. Do you yeah. think so? That, that brings me to it because I think a lot of people get caught up in okay, what do I want to do? But what you're saying is it's almost 50% as important to understand what you, don't, what you want don't want to do. So it's not just about what do I want to do with my life, but even checking off boxes of what you don't want to do could drive you to the right path as well. Well, I feel like too, there's like a lot of, I, I, I believe that I am so fortunate that I did know from such an early age because so many people go like to college with like an undecided major or they don't know what they want to do. And so maybe then going back to ruling out, well, what don't I want to do might help you find what you do. But I, I mean, I know so many people who, you know, wake up every morning and don't necessarily love their jobs or what they're doing, but it's what they ended up in or maybe a college professor or a friend kind of guided them or they started as an admin position and worked their way up or whatever it may be. So I feel like there are people who kind of just get guided into what their career path is, or then there's people who really know what they want to do. Um, and that for me, what I wanted to do and didn't want to do, I had very strong opinions about how did you feel like you got to that point? Was there a moment where, what, what led you to understand, I do not want to be sitting in a desk on a computer all day. I do not want to go into corporate America. What was that snapping point? I mean, I think two seconds of being around me, you can know that I'm not meant to sit down at a desk <laughs> all day. I mean, hello, is the sky blue? I think that I, I mean, I just was not cut out for that lifestyle. I am an extrovert to the fullest. I get my energy off of being around other people. I knew that I, and, and sorry, mom and dad, but I went to take your kid to work day with them. And I saw like all these cubicles and saw this stuff. And I was like, it looked like, like a grown up jail to me. Yeah. <laughs> and so I didn't want that. And I'm not saying now, especially now, you know, there's so many tech companies have like open workspace and people, you know, it's totally different. But at a young age, 
I fear that. How do you think that other people can understand what they don't want to do and understand what they do want to do based on your own experiences? <sighs> That's tough. I think it really takes figuring out what makes you happy and what you dread doing. I, I think that we've had this conversation before where I genuinely wake up and I'm happy to get up and go and start my day and do what I want to do. If there's, I'm, and again, but I'm an extreme extrovert. If there's something where I'm feeling like, oh, I don't want to go to this or I'm like dreading it, I know that that's not something I should put more energy and time in um, because it just won't be successful. Instead of trying yeah. to change and make myself learn to like something I don't, I'm just not going to focus on that. I'm going to focus on what I do like and what I enjoy doing because then I'm going to do better, be more passionate about it, come off more genuine or just not even come off, be truly more genuine in what I'm doing.